Blog Talk Radio. It's Monday night, and that means a new episode of Graphic Policy Radio, the show that mixes comics, geekdom, and politics. Uh, this is the show for folks who wonder if the fact that the 113th Congress has only enacted just 52 laws this year is a sign of a broken government or brilliant marketing tie-in to DC Entertainment's new 52. Uh, we unfortunately had a postpone last week's episode, but we're back, and we've got tons to discuss, and I'm joined by the awesome Alana. How you doing? Hello. I didn't get a laugh on the new 52 joke. Oh, I did laugh. I'm sorry. I didn't realize it was an audible. I'm uh, always giggling at those. I'm I, like the I, horrible. I'm like, who is it, Jimmy Fallon? Like, he's always laughing at his own jokes, and everybody's like, oh, God, why? I'm like your Horatio Jimmy Fallon, at, except external. The dude from SNL, Horatio, whatever, Sanchez, or whatever his name was, that could never keep a straight face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've made, it a go- I've made it a goal every single episode is to get you to laugh. Uh, well, don't worry. I think the vast majority of the time you've been successful, whether or not my volume has been adequate. Uh, <laughs> gosh, but I'm um, still recovering from Thanksgiving weekend and the, the my recent triumph of my dad saying to me, not me saying to my dad, my dad saying to me that he wanted to get into, he wanted to read a manga. And then I pulled that out a little bit and I realized he meant a graphic novel um, of some kind. But that was that was kind of interesting. Yeah, so again to read stuff for a long time. Well, actually, I, so this has been a, a long thread on a list that we are on. Um, so I kind of find it fascinating. So, would you start him on? Well, when League of Extraordinary Gentlemen came out, I had him read book one because I knew he really enjoyed a lot of those stories um, as, he, as a kid. And he used to read the literature comics when he was a kid to the point where he would forget sometimes which books he actually read in school and which ones he just read the comics version of. <laughs> Um, but uh, and he liked it, but he, he he didn't really give me much vocal feedback at the time. Like I remember really trying to drag out more thoughts about what it was, but he didn't really, and it didn't really take any effort to try to get the next one. So I sort of dropped it pretty much. Um, and then this sort of came out of nowhere, and I think it might have something to do with the increased media coverage um, around comic books and graphic novels in the media that he consumes himself, like the newspapers and NPR and stuff like that. Interesting. Yeah, it was I, so interesting uh, that he specifically said manga. He felt that anything that was in a book form was manga. Interesting. Okay. I could see that. I could kind of maybe understand a little bit about how he would get confused. So what uh, what are you loading him up with, or are you still taking suggestions as to where he should I, go next? I'm taking suggestions from folks. Yeah, yeah. I think part of me wants to just do Saga, um, because Saga's awesome. Uh, and it doesn't have any external continuity to get him confused with. And it's, you know, it's just something that Saga, every, everybody seems to like Saga. I love Saga, so it seems like a pretty safe bet. Um, but I'm definitely open for other suggestions as well. So if folks want to tweet out us suggestions from my dad's first graphic novel, other than The Extraordinary Gentleman, um, he's Baby Boomer guy, shows our politics, um, does not associate with geek culture, so he's not going to be particularly genre-oriented. I would probably handicap against superhero titles, even if they don't have continuity. Um, so, yeah, let, let's have at it if you guys have suggestions. Okay, well, was but there, like, been, was there uh, a general area that you thought you wanted to go into? 
For him, not particularly. I mean, I would have, I really I was so convinced that league was like the thing. And he remembered, you know what I'm saying, he really liked the art. But um, I thought it was going to be, that the hook would be sort of these smart, reimagined, you know, postmodern versions of the characters you grew up with would be the selling point. But I guess it was a fit. I mean, like I said, he liked it, but it wasn't like, oh, my God. I can't imagine reading because of Extraordinary Gentleman 1 and not immediately trying to get the next one. So, um, it was so freaking good. Uh, although, I thought it's funny if I, uh, you know, how, how, how over the different, different throughout the series you sort of expand these kinds of genre material that are being referenced in the characters. Like, had you told me at the beginning of the series that we'd be ending the series with spoiler, blah, 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 whatever, something, a lot of stuff referencing Harry Potter, I would not have <laughs> believed you. But it makes perfect sense. It makes perfect yeah. sense. It just seemed like it was so genre-tied to being sort of steampunky, you know? Yeah, I, I, I don't mean, like the steampunk thing about it, too, which is interesting, because also when I gave it to him, the term steampunk was not something that your dad would know. No. But now that's how much more of a thing that people are familiar with. All right. Well, we will have to, hopefully, I, I tweeted out to see if we could get suggestions, so hopefully we get good ones. If not, I, I still throw uh, my hat behind the killer. I think that's, like, the greatest graphic novel series, but awesome. I'm kind of, oh, yeah. And I think I got him to try to get him to read Sandman back in the day, but it didn't work. Like, he just didn't really pick it up. I probably tried V for Vendetta, too, and that probably didn't work either. What type of movie does he like? He watches a lot of women's movies, so it's hard to say. <laughs> because as you probably know, there aren't a ton of women's comics. But, um, hmm. yeah. That is a tough one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, well, we'll have to think this through. This is a, this okay. is a good challenge. I'm going to be fascinated with yeah. what he says. I, I want updates of being like, he read this, his thought was this. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, this has been a very comics-y family reunion. My, my brother who reads comics but is not as obsessed as we are, but is certainly a comics geek, uh, just signed up for Marvel's Unlimited app. So nice. he's been slowly swerving his way through all the comics from last year, basically. <laughs> I had to caution him about not bothering to read Age of Ultron. He's like, he's like I'm going to read Age of Ultron next. And I said... Uh, don't bother. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but he he's liked the user interface. He found it easy to sign up. And for someone like him who's traveling on the road all the time, it makes a lot of sense to just do something like that. Yeah, I mean, for the price, too, you can't, you know, if you're a person who's like, I am a Marvel fan, I'm not going to read anything else, and I want digital, like Marvel Unlimited is the way to go. I mean, you get access to whatever, 13,000, 20,000 comics right away, and you can just devour it as much as you want. So, I mean, it's a... You can only so, access a certain number of them offline at once, which is not great if you're someone who's, like, traveling around Europe and yeah. stuff or other places, but it's definitely a good starting point. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's it's a good... Uh, to me, it's a, it's a great thing, especially for Marvel fans. Like, if you're cool with digital... It's the way to go. I don't think there's a better deal out there, and they seems to be a company that's constantly 
updating and actually thinking through what people might want when it comes to that. So, you know, I actually expect some pretty cool things over the next year. So we will see. It'll be fascinating cool. to see what they do. Cool. DC doesn't well, have anything like it, do they? No. So even Marvel to some extent, the Marvel Unlimited not, but uh, DC Image for the most part, Marvel, like they're all powered by Comixology, even their, their um, like company um, uh, store is powered yeah, by Comixology. It's, it's, yeah. yeah, it's just a, a, a labeled thing. Um, Marvel Unlimited is a totally different thing unto itself. I don't know if Comixology was involved. I don't think so. Um, but it'll be fascinating. Like, I still expect relatively soon in the next year you're going to get a Netflix-like digital service, but who knows who will that be. I would love that. That would be fantastic. Oh, it'd be great. Like even if there's a delay like there is on Netflix now, it'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah. Really uh, I mean, I'd I'd pay for it in two seconds. Um, yeah. But speaking of new comics, we've got lots to discuss. We do. Uh, so we've got uh, a bunch that you've mentioned that you want to discuss. Um, up with Pretty Deadly, we've talked about it a few times and hinted of discussing it. We've never actually had a chance to discuss it. Um, I don't even know how the hell to describe the series. It is a Western... I don't even... I, I got... Like, I can't do it. I, okay. It's a, okay. It's a Western. It's about all it's I got. It's a Western. It's a Western, but it's like a spaghetti Western comic, almost, in that it's really about atmosphere, and it's not really about the dialogue. Um, it's very surrealist. We're only on issue two, and most of us are still fairly confused about what is going on. But I would consider myself confused and enchanted. I'm really interested in this series, really enjoying it, and sticking with it, absolutely. Um, I think that the comic will appeal to anyone who either is really interested in really lush, complicated, visually stunning, creative, colorful. The colors are really good. Um, you know, series, anybody who's interested in Westerns, also anybody who's interested in Asian cinema, there, there's a lot of references. I have, a lot of people have been pointing out, I can't really take credit for this observation, to, um, you know, the Eastern storytelling techniques as well. Um, and, of course, we have two female creators, actually in a, completely, a completely female creative team, which is pretty darn cool, too. Yeah, and, uh, uh, it's definitely it's like a mythic western. It's not. It's not a realist <laughs> thing. It's definitely a fantastic. It's a fantasy. It's definitely you know, like there's magical things happening. It's actually. I would say it's actually magical realism would be a pretty good description of it. Now that I think about it, Ma- a magical realism western, magical realism spaghetti western comics. That's pretty deadly. Yeah, I, I like even throw in there. I said there's like there's a slight eastern, um, like a samurai feel to it a little bit. Yes, there are lots of swords. Yeah, well, it's the, yeah. the second issue especially. There's a whole sword fight in it. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of with you on it. It's one that I really want to like. I'm just confused as all hell. And the funniest part is, is for me, like it came out and there was all this praise, and I read the first issue and I I was reading the reviews. I'm like. I don't get the reviews because I was so freaking confused. And to me, like, 
a first issue has some big goals, and one of which is for me to like want to come back for the second. Um, and this one, I kind of was up in the air, and there, I mean, it got a hell of a lot of praise, and it, for many reasons, deservedly. But I didn't quite uh-huh. get why it was like the bell of the ball at the time it was released, um, because I was just so confused, and I kept on sitting there. I was like, "Is it just me? Do I don't like? Am I the one that just doesn't get it?" And then all these people recently, in like the last week or so, who came out and they're like, I don't get the series. I really don't understand what the hell is going on. And I was like, all right, thank you. I, I, I feel a little bit better. But with you, yeah. like, it's good. Like, it's really, the, like, the there's something about it that's keeping me interested and wanting to come back for the next thing. And I still, I can't quite put my finger on it. It's, you know, it, to me... I talked about it with the the shop I go to is it reminds me more of like a poem with art. Mm. Like it's not quite a straight up narrative, but there's like this poetic aspect about it. Um, and that's almost more what I would expect like from it going through it. It It's very poetic. Yeah. It's just something that's like, you know, where it kind of, like, throws out words and you're like, I, I understand these words. I kind of understand what it's getting at. I don't necessarily understand the big picture. Um, but there's something, like, really cool about it. It's 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 weird. I think by the time the first arc is done, which I have no idea when that would be, I'm going to guess issue 5-ish, since that's what trades tend to be is 5 or 6 issues. Uh, I'm hoping to have a clue what's going on, because right now I'm confused. Gotcha. Yeah, no, I'm confused too, but I'm okay with being confused. I think, honest to God, like all all old school, all all comic fans, like we are all used to being confused because we always dig out stories in the middle of it. And I think one of the things that makes somebody be able to become a comic fan is your willingness to be okay with being confused while enjoying something. Um, because, like, even, like, Smile and Stan Lee references issue 104 of Fantastic Four, Volume 2. I don't know what that is. I mean, now we have the Internet and we can look that up. But when we were younger, you just had to be like, okay, I guess Gideon is a villain from time and space from X-Factor, maybe, um, but we're just going to go with this. And you just go with it anyway. That's what being a comics fan is. Now, I think it's problematic in terms of, like, spreading... Uh, growing the fandom, but I think amongst us comics fans, I, I think we should be willing to be confused as long as we're also being interested. And I also think that, you know, great pieces of art, some of the best films, for example, like the ones you talk about in the film school, are ones that aren't immediately evident what's going on. Like, it takes a while for yeah. things to develop. It takes a while for you to interpret it. Comics, because it's theory, it comes out issue by issue, month by month, it's really hard for that to happen. So, I really appreciate and respect the, the the bravery of, you know, the series where you don't have the payoff right away. I mean, actually, the payoffs that you do have right away are strictly visual. Like, there's the striking imagery, and you get that right away. But where you don't necessarily understand everything yet, and it's going to eventually come into focus over time. And I'm okay with that. If I was a marketing person, I wouldn't be. But as a, as a, <laughs> as a, consumer, as a consumer of the comic, I'm totally okay with that. So, I mean, that brings up, a, it's an interesting point in that uh, you, I think clearly or most likely once it gets to that trade level, it's going to make a hell of a lot more sense. Yeah. So w- would this have done better maybe being released as 
graphic novels that you had to wait six months in between? Uh, huh. Or is that a like wait mm. to be seen? Wait to be seen. That could be true, but wait to be seen. I still think people should go buy it right now, or else you won't get to finish it. And it's really freaking neat. It's, it's cool. It's unlike anything out there. And it's also a comic where if you leave it lying around, people will pick it up and look at it. You know what I mean? Even for yeah. including your friends who don't read comics, people will be drawn to this and they will pick it up and they will read it. Yeah, I mean, and what's interesting, it's like it, it is not the only Western that has come out recently. Um, East of West is another one that's uh, at times a little confusing, but it's a, like a futuristic Western, also done by Image. Uh, Image had Howard Chaikin released one. Uh, God, I can't. It's not Century West, I think it is, which was kind of like a more of a extended comic. I think it was like ninety pages, so not quite graphic novel, not quite comic. Um, that was about a Jewish con man in the West. Um, not recommending that one. And I'm trying to think what else. I feel like there's like two or three other westerns that have come out recently. It seems to be a very popular. Is Five Ghosts a Western or whatever that one is? I meant to pick it up, and I haven't. Five Ghosts? Um, no, I'd call Five Ghosts more like a pulpy adventure, like a Buck Rogers-ish sort of um, gotcha. series. I mean, Five, Five Ghosts is really, really good. But um, uh, to me, it's a lot more of like the you know, 60s, 50s or 60s pulpish stories that you go to, like, the movie theater where, you know, it was, like, you versus the mole men type thing. Um, not quite not quite the same. Good. Like, really, really good, though. We do have review copies if you want to read that one. It, I recommend it. Yeah. I'll give it then. Uh, that sounds good. Yeah, it's cool. Five Ghosts is another one, like, as a whole image has, like, been pretty knocking out of the park lately um, as far as releases. And it's funny, it's like that's most of the comics that we're talking about are Image this week. Yeah, a lot of stuff from Image I want to talk about. Yeah, um, so pretty deadly. Any, I, I think we both agree, really good, kind of confusing. Stick with it. Uh huh. Yeah, definitely. All right, uh, the darling of the bunch that was, other than building stories, the top. Um, praised, rated, awarded comic of last year, the top one of the monthly comics, um, was Saga. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Um, and well-deserved, because, oh my God, yeah. Saga. Let's see if I can explain this one. Um, take a whole bunch of sci-fi stories, mix them all up, sci-fi, magic, um, it involves... Uh, two individuals on opposite sides of a war who fall in love, have a kid, and go on the run, and are pursued by um, either side of the armies who don't want this relationship to happen. Throw in, like, mother-in-laws and a ghost nanny and a drunk writer, and you've got one of the most interesting comments. A drunk, subversive writer of popular novels. Yes, yes. Um, and princes who have televisions for their heads, and it's unique and pretty awesome because of that. Yeah, that's a great description. <laughs> Saga uh, is space opera for people who are completely over Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, that's actually a good way of putting it. People, Saga to me is Star Wars, but actually an adult. You know, adult, it's not for kids. Mature. I guess mature would be a way better than adult, because adult has connotations unto itself. Yes. <laughs> um, mature, so it actually has a message and actual relationships and uh, good, I think, um, realistic responses from individuals. Uh, it's it's a fascinating series. Sixteen issues in, and I'm not tired of it, and only want more. I mean, it's it's one of the comics that one of my friends is just getting herself into comics really right now. Sort of picked up for herself when she was at the bookstore and just plowed through and is obsessed with and always wants to talk about. Like the two big things that she's reading are Sandman and Saga. Um. You know, and Sandman is because I told her she should read Sandman, and Saga is what she like picked up for herself when she was in the, when she was looking at a comic store and was like, "What do I want to read?" And that was it. One of the points that she made to me that I think is so interesting is all of these characters—they just want to start their own families. They want this war to be over, and they just want to not have their own start their own family and live in peace. And like that's what the goal of these characters are. Whether it's Prince Robot, the Fit, the Force, you know, it, it's. Um, The, the will, you know, obviously our two leading, our lead, the leading parents, they, they just want to have their families and be left in peace. Yeah, I mean, that's a, it's an interesting thread that's through everything. And the other thing that it catches me is that it also plays with perceptions. So, like, the, uh, I can't think of the bounty hunter that the will was clearly dating no. in a relationship. Yeah. Like, when you first saw her, you were like, okay, interesting. And then what she kind of, like, is hiding underneath her robes. And then they, yeah. it's treated like a total normal relationship. As in, like, totally, you know, look past the fact that she's this weird spider alien thing. And that she's just a woman. And the Will, who looks like us, is, you know, in love with her, have a relationship with her, and obviously cares for her. And, you know, it's treated totally normal, which I thought has been fascinating too and seems to be another thing that's constantly played off in the series of like look past these images and your preconceived notions. Mm-hmm. Which is cool to see. Like it's awesome to see. Yeah. 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 What do you, I mean, so clearly there's this, I'm trying to. I don't want to spoil it for people. This is kind of. It's a difficult one to dance around. Um, (laughs) Like, what do you think about the actual main characters, their relationship? I love their relationship. I think that the main characters' relationship is one of the best and cutest and hottest relationships between any main characters in a comic, and believable and awesome. The other would be is there's something I've noticed in that almost the gender roles are flipped in a way a lot of the time. Hmm. Where she um, she's also often the one who's a bit more aggressive. He's the one that seems to want to like care for their kid more. Um, like even in the I latest, I don't really know if I've noticed that. Well, even um. in the latest one where they're talking about getting like. 
for, to put it in perspective, people, like the last couple issues is the we're on the run from the government. We are being hunted down. We need to find and make a living so we can raise our kids. Like this has been seriously the last two or three issues of them discussing yeah. this. And the latest yeah. issue was the she goes to work and she was like, what, you know, you wouldn't want to go to work. You would stay with the kid. And he's like, hell yeah, I'd love to stay with the kid. Um, which is a complete, like, flip of around. Plus, she was the soldier, and he seemed to have been, like, the pacifist that wasn't too keen on fighting. And That's um, true. That's true. I mean, she no, wasn't keen on fighting either. She was sort of the military yeah. to break away from her family, but she definitely seemed to have more, less compunction about being in the military. Yeah. Yeah, it was more of, like, she's going to do her thing and serve and, you know, that it is what it is. Um, but I've just been like, it, it, to me, it's, it's odd in that I've noticed more so as they're trying to figure out their roles in raising their kids that the gender role has been kind of flipped a little bit, which is a good thing. Like, I think it's actually really cool and it's really subtle. Hmm. I guess I hadn't picked it up because it just seems really normal to me, but, you know, look who's talking. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, that's the, like, it's. So the reason, the reason it stands out to me is because it's not what I was expecting due to the fact that it's a comic. Hmm. Hmm. Um, and I, th- I think that's a really good thing. It's one of the reasons I think the series stands out for me in that it pulls that off. It pulls it off so well um, and consistently does that. That's the other thing. Yeah, I mean, the character designs also are just so creative and beautiful. Yeah. And awesome. Right? Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, um, I, I, at first, I thought maybe all of the people from Landfall had wings that were bug wings, but then it's like, no, they're all different kinds of wings. And you're like, that doesn't even make any sense. That's okay, whatever. And then we're meeting all these different other species. When I first saw the um, the writer who wrote the book they're obsessed with, I kind of thought he was part walrus, but I realized that that was just his beard. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, I think that's the thing that's fascinating. To, it's also really interesting about the series is that it really is like a mishmash of everything you can think of. Like, take all these different designs and, um, and uh, you know, you've got science and magic and, you know, different characters of what they look like. Like, it's just everything kind of thrown together. And, like, ships that are, like, normal ships, but then this ship is, like, made of wood. And the ship is, looks like a vegetable with a helicopter whirly thing on it. Um, it, it's kind of amazing at how much they throw in, like, together, or throw into the series. It's cool. It's really cool. Yeah. Um, and it's gotten tons of praise, and it absolutely deserves it. Like, it's awesome. Um, I think it's one of the few series that everyone seems to agree with is, like, you need to read it. Yeah, this is definitely the comic everyone needs to be reading. I don't really know if I know anybody who hasn't picked it up. Um, The art is just beautiful, 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 and it's 
emotional and funny and smart and super resonant for me when I read it. It really is. It really is. And the I see the other is like the characters are also um, believable. They're like really yeah, down to earth, and they kind of stick to their things. Like clearly, when they get you know she gets stressed out and she doesn't want to talk about serious things. Like Alana, who's one of the two main characters with their husband now husband Marco, like she always seems to go to sex to divert things. Yeah. Um, and then Marco's like, no, we need to discuss this. And she's like, no, take off your pants, which I think is hilarious. And something they keep, is keep on, they keep on bringing up over and over again at appropriate moments and not yeah. overusing it, um, which to me is like very, very realistic because I've, in the past, I've been in a relationship where she did that all the time where we could never discuss anything serious and she would go and try to distract that way. Yeah, yeah. Not to get yeah, too no, much detail. Yeah, no, it's all like really real. <laughs> Real, that's okay. It's all like real human behavior, you know? Yeah. Just, you know, space aliens. Yeah, but... And I just love the different space alien species. They fill me with such joy. I mean, that's, I, I, that's the only thing that drives me a little nuts, and it's not in a bad way, is like there's all these different aliens, but it's not really discussed at all about all the different aliens. Like, what the hell is up with the robot, you know, Prince Robot? I'm so um, into the robot. It's cool. It's a great concept, and it's really, really neat. Um, but they're just there. It's the thing that I think is kind of fun about the series, is after a while, you just start accepting it all. Yeah. I, I, I think comic fans are good at that, though. Yeah. But I'm like, oh, yeah, there's more alien species, whatever. I mean, they're all clearly the product of some sort of alien form of seeding since they all seem to have bilateral symmetry and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Stuff from uh, a Star Trek, etc. Yeah. It's very much a Star Trek-y thing where you just kind of, like, accept. It's like, oh, you're, you know, you're dealing with a Cyclops with a giant beard who writes subversive books. Okay. That works. I haven't really heard any critiques of it, to be honest. I think it's just, like, universally beloved and it's going to win all the awards. I have not heard anything negative at all. Nothing at all. And it's, it's kind of amazing that there's been... I mean, for in comic books, I mean, like, people are picky and flip out and all that. This is one series it seems everyone agrees on. Yeah. And it was, like, I, so last year I, I kept track of every single site that I could find that gave, like, it did an end-of-the-year best-of and awards and stuff like that. And it really, it literally was Saga and Building Stories were, I think, tied uh, for first place. And it was, like, far and above, well above everything, tied for first place. Well-deserved. Yeah. So, um, what else can right. we read this month? We- do you want to talk about um, uh, Velvet? Velvet, yeah. It would be interesting to hear your opinion of Velvet. I'm, I myself, how do you, yeah, well, let's first give the wrap-up of the of the series. So it's a series by Ed Brubaker, who is teaming up again with Steve McNiven, I think it is, um, to do Velvet, which is yet another Image comic series. Um, this one is more of like a James Bondish spy noir ser- uh, thing, um, it deals with 
uh, a murder and uh, the secretary or who you think this is the secretary in the spy agency who clearly has a much more uh, distinguished and active past in the spy agency. Um, and she is eventually the frame for the murder. So um, it's it was cool. Uh, I definitely want to hear from you because it was um, I, I have my opinions on it. Clearly, I have my opinions on it. I really enjoyed it. Um, I've not read much spy fiction. Ah, I mean, I've read Deschel Hammett's sort of spy-oriented stuff, and I've read some Graham Greene. I take it back. I don't know. I'm not a spy genre enthusiast, although I guess I'm more exposed to it than some other folks. I haven't really read any spy comics, though, but I'm really enjoying this. Um, It's very rooted in time and place in a really interesting way, but what makes it so cool is this character. I love it looking at her from page one. This is like someone she's, she looks and feels lived in as a character. Yeah. And that's so rare. Um, she actually looks like an experienced grown-ass woman who's done a lot of things in her life and is going to be interesting to get to know. And the art conveys that. Yes. Yeah. Um, oh, it's Steve Apting, not Steve McNiven. I messed that one up. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, to me, like, so here's the actual, the description of the series, uh, which does a hell of a lot more justice than I do. Uh, when the world's best secret agent is killed, Velvet Templeton, the personal assistant to the director of the agency, is drawn off her desk and back into the field for the first time in nearly 20 years, is immediately caught in a web of mystery, murder, and high-octane action. Straightforward, describes it well, um, I like it because she seems, it, it's, it's rooted in the time. Um, and it plays off the time well, but it doesn't go overboard with it because it's in the was it fifties or sixties? Um, I think sixties. Sixties well, and seventies. Seventies, sorry, seventies. Yeah. Well, so there's first back to the sixties, but yeah. Yeah. So it, it like it feels from that time, um, and it kind of fits the movies that you would think uh, from those times, like Three Days of the Condor, Day of the Jackal, Parallax View, stuff like that. Um, and she herself really does she feels realistic like at first i was kind of like reading it and i sat there i was just like all right this is interesting female lead she's the secretary or personal assistant like how do they go with it then she winds up being like this kick-ass character and at the same time it's all evil. and it just felt like it felt it like it's she start, first starts off as his personal assistant, and then she's drawn into it and winds up being like this kick-ass character by the end of it. Um, well, and for she, some reason, she didn't start off as his personal assistant. Like you start off by thinking she's just his personal assistant. Right, yeah, that's right. That's what I mean. Too. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, she she is. The, that's what you think she is, and like nothing more. And by the end of it, you're like, holy shit, she's kicking ass. Um, but it all like it well. She seems realistic. Um, clearly there's a lot to her that we don't know about or we're finding out about. Um, the second issue, I think, co- actually comes out this week, so perfect timing that we're talking uh-huh. about it. Yeah. Um, it's it's cool. Like, it's a really cool comic to also, and also in a genre where you don't normally see a woman lead. That is very true. Yeah, and I really like that it plays on people's expectations. And it really make, makes the point... I feel like it was somebody from the AV Club who put this out, darn it, um, that, you know, it's about showing that this character who's usually relegated to the sidelines of the story has a story worthy of being the lead herself, you know? Yeah. 
yeah, that is a great putting it, and that's kind of what I felt about it was like you kind of you know the someone who's usually like money pen and money penny and James Bond clearly there's tons to money penny's life that we don't know about and she could probably do a movie unto herself but you'd never uh-huh. see that because James Bond's the main character well this is like the this is where money penny finally gets her due and whips ass yeah i would definitely read that Would definitely read that. And she isn't money penny though, though, and I like that. Yeah. But it definitely sets up the idea for people that, you know, that her it, story would be worth telling. Yeah, and it plays with the expectations. Exactly what you said. Like, you know, we go in thinking one thing, and by the end of the first, first issue, we come out thinking something else. And the two of them, like Brute Baker and Efting, um, they did the whole Captain America Winter Soldier storyline. Um, they've got tons of history together, and they're really freaking talented um, and an awesome team. So the fact that um, you know they're they're back together makes me so so happy. Um, it's it's cool to see. Like it's really really cool. I, I I can't wait for it. The fact that we've had to wait for as long as we have for the second issue is, has me like dying to read it. <laughs> You know, I do want to just restate for folks again, like we have a female lead who actually looks her age, yep. actually looks like a real person, dresses appropriately, as you know, I'm really hung up about that. Like yep. She actually wears clothing that someone who does what she does would wear, both in casual wear and in her superhero, well, not a superhero, her like gear for fighting back. I mean, that's remarkable. Yay. Other people should be copying and learning from this, you know. <laughs> Yeah, she. It's realistic. Like it, it. You know, as as fantastical as the story is, like she herself seems to be grounded in what you might expect if you were to take that sort of character and throw him in that situation. Like in real life, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And as a um, woman, it's just nice for me to see a woman who looks like a real freaking human being. <laughs> I also like so. the fact that she. She's not, like, towards the beginning where she is being flirted with a lot and being harassed a bit because she's a woman and what her role is, at least what we think her role is, um, she's not, she doesn't take it from them. And, nope. and you know, that's also, it was very awesome to see um, in that she's not just a woman, but she's a strong woman who, you know, and I, you know, don't mean it the way it's going to come out, but, you know, can play with the boys. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, not you know. It's it's cool. It's really cool to see. And from those two, I'm not shocked. Like they turn Sharon Carter, who is a longtime Captain America uh, character, and made her like more kick-ass than I ever remember. So, you know, for them doing that in their series, like I I'm psyched. I want more, 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 more. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So another one. Yay, another positive one. Uh, so up next, do you want to talk Rat, rat Queens or yeah, Wolverine? Yeah, let's talk about Rat Queens. We're going to go right. for the Image Quadfecta. Is it, All right. Yeah, Image, image Comics Quadfecta. Um, rat Queens. Well, I, I as you know, uh, I've been playing some D&D lately. This is, rat Queens is definitely a comic 
for folks who enjoy a good Dungeons and Dragons related romp. Do you want to give the uh, quick rundown about the, the series? Yeah, how do we describe this? So, um, Rat Queens is a group of so it's a fantasy series, um, kind of D and D esque. Rat Queens is a group of adventurers, all female. Um, somewhat stereotypical. So you've got like the dwarf, you've got the mage, um, you've got the I don't even know what you call her. They call her like pigeon, whatever it is. Yeah, you got the clear. Yeah, I've never heard of. I looked them up to see if I was that particular. Species halfling. of humanoid exist elsewhere, and yeah, I guess they're halflings, but they don't look like halflings. They look like tiny, like 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 pixies, kind of. Yeah. Like half elf, gobliny pixie things, but yeah, they don't exist elsewhere. I'm sorry, that's a digression. And dwarves. And all this. <laughs> nope. So, I'm with you. I was yeah. going to ask you about that too. Um, so, uh, yeah, so is this something they made up for the series? Yeah. So it is basically an off the rails D and D adventure. They're sent on an adventure, or they're sent on a quest. Well, a bunch of other uh, groups are sent on quests. It goes horribly wrong for everyone. There's a nice conspiracy. Uh, this is the type of group that is at the bar causing fights. Um, they're well known to the constable who has to ask them to behave and stop destroying the town. Um, it's you know, it, to me, it is stereotypical D and D, but with women, which is awesome. Yeah, all female cast, all female leads, really. Um, the comic is a lot of fun. I mean, it's not so far it's not something which is going to make you like reconsider, uh, you know, the medium. It, it's but it's just fun. It's a fun read. The characters are fun. It definitely scratches that itch that you have, and it's a lot of. I don't know. It's a really fun comic. The characters are fun. Yeah, I mean it. Uh... It's another one that, like, there's a whole bunch of D&D-ish comics that have come out lately. Um, and, I mean, this is the latest one, and it, it's fun. Like, all, I think all of them are, for the most part, really fun. Um, the fact that they're having these women are the ones, you know, starting at bar fights and are the ones in trouble and, um, you know, going off in the adventures, and they're the ones that come back. It's it's a nice twist. It's a nice twist to very a tale that we've seen done before, but with you know the stereotypical big giant you know swordsman and the gang that's all men. Um, it, it's cool to see, and and they play off the fact that a bit that you know it's women doing this as opposed to guys, um, which has been it's entertaining. It's a fun comic. It's what comic should yeah, be. Yeah, the fun. cast is diverse too. Also, it's nice yeah. to have. That diverse cast in there. Um, I although I will say I really did not get that Violet was a dwarf until even when she was singing a dwarven war song. I still was just like, okay, like I, I know some folk songs from other cultures and languages myself. Um, I did not get that she was supposed to be a dwarf until like second issue when somebody said it, and I thought to myself, she looks rather exactly like a human being to be a dwarf. Um, yep. That, so I don't know. That's the one thing that kind of threw me off. She looks, looks just like a person. Exactly, exactly like a person. Not even short. I don't know. But I just think that maybe even the artist on this was scared to have somebody not looking attractive. I don't know. That's probably the only bad thing is they're all still fairly attractive characters. 
Um, and yeah, I think that was that would be my my one thing I would have to say about the series is you know the dwarf doesn't look like a dwarf. Like she probably should be shorter, stouter. Um, sometimes the height isn't quite right. Yeah, um, and she is make, slightly shorter and slightly stouter than the others, but all like exactly as short and stout as like half the women I know. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> she just doesn't look unusual at yeah. all. She should be. I'm trying to think of who does like really good female dwarves. No one does female dwarves. They're scared of having women that don't look attractive. <laughs> uh, the only one, actually, the only thing I would probably say would be from what I remember back in my Games Workshop days that they did have female dwarves in pictures, and they basically look like the guys except with you know some female attributes. So like really short, kind of wide, um, but female. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's only thing that's a little bit, a little bit cranky, but you know, there's good racial diversity and there's yeah. a range of sexual orientations and etc. Yep. etc. But yeah, that's a fun comic. And I don't think, I mean, you you don't you're not into sword and sorcery stuff. I mean, but you enjoyed it anyway. Yeah, it was, it's interesting that so I'm not big on sword and sorcery. I like Rat Queens. I really like um, uh, Pathfinder, which is done by Jim Zub. Um, which is based off the Pathfinder role-playing game. Um, so, you know, D&D-ish world. Um, I really like... And both of them, both series have a very similar tone. They're kind of goofy Dungeons & Dragons. Yeah. And then um, Skull Kickers, which is another... I would say it's kind of-ish. Um, has been described as D&D off the rails. So that one as well I, jo- I enjoy. And that's also Jim Zub, um, who is a regular plays Dungeons and Dragons, so what a shock that he's really good at writing those sort of comics. Um, so yeah, I mean that, that's about it. Like I don't, I don't think I like the straight, like the really serious fantasy stuff. But like this kind of goofyish, off the rails D and D is to me more fun. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, I, I, I should put, I would like to hear what you think about Pathfinder, so I should go and put, like, the first couple issues in your hands and see what you have yeah, to say. Yeah, yeah, I've not seen it. It's, uh, it's a bit more stereotypical, but to me, also, there's something fun about it. Um, I enjoy it, but who knows? Maybe you won't. It would be interesting to get your opinion, opinion, so we'll have to do that at some point. Um. Oh, for the record, my favorite character from uh, Rat Queens is Betty the Smidgen because she's amazing. Yes. And she and the only food she brought on their expedition was candy and drugs. So have you read so the third issue yet? The only food she brought. Uh, I've not finished the third issue. I, I just began it and we had before this. But. All right. Because the third issue, like, she even, I think it's more awesome, which is why I really like her. Awesome, awesome. There's some, there's some stuff that she does, and it's just like, all right, that's kind of cool and really funny and entertaining. Um, but yeah, so another like solid series, fun people should check out. Um, for folks who might not know, the writer that does that is Curtis Weeby. I think it's Weeby. Um, he also does Peter Panzerfaust, which is a twist on the Peter Pan story, but told in World War II, and like Peter Pan is leading the resistance. Um, 
so another interesting series that's gotten tons of praise and not quite the sale as it should, um, but a lot of respect. Um, also really solid series, so uh, if folks want to check out that too, highly recommend. Also published by Image. What a shock. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, so the final one on our list is Wolverine and the X-Men. How much of the Battle of the Atom have you been keeping up with? I read the whole thing. All of the Battle of the Atomuses? Yes. Atomuses. I have not been. <laughs> so, my uh, is so, a little bit skewed, but you know me, I go for it. So. Sure. So, I guess, I guess the bigger would be is what questions do you have about Battle of the Atom uh, that I might be able to explain and make things clear? Well, I was really confused, period, period. But um, I think I kind of get what's going on now. Um, You know, Beast kidnapped the future X-Men, brought them here. Future X-Men don't want to go back. Past X-Men. Okay, past X-Men don't want to go back. Future X-Men come back and either do want them or don't want them to come back and then other future X-Men come back and say, those are imposters. That's not actually Iceman. That's an ice runs off his loins thing. And then um, whatnot. And uh, the various, and, and now, I mean, the fight scene in Wolverine and X-Men between the genes was kind of, I don't know. It was what it was. I'm really happy with future Quentin Choir, but I'm a huge Quentin Choir fan, so all Quentin Choir <laughs> is always a good thing. That actually, that exchange he had with himself was awesome. Yes. Yeah, he pretty um, much like summed, summed up the event. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. And then there definitely were lots of random-ass characters who I have no idea who they were who appeared near the end. I guess they're new students or something. I'm not sure. So there... Uh, are you talking about the future X-Men? No. There were people who were contemporaries of... Now. I think they may be students that Scott had or something. Oh, I still yeah, understand yeah, yeah. how Scott's not in jail, though. That, that, I don't even understand that. That's well, that. he... So he was in jail but got broken out. So he's illegally out of jail. Yes. So when he gets caught, he's really fucked. Yes. Yeah. And Magneto and Emma, they all got broken out of jail? Um, no, Magneto and Emma, I think, were already out, and Magneto broke Scott out from what I remember. And they think they're just going to get away with all that? They're being pursued. That's the big I thing mean, is... Sh- S.H.I.E.L.D. is now kind of pursuing them, or the Cyclops in a way, and Captain America has bumped up to him a few times and threatened him, um, and they've, Captain they've tried. America, if he's really Captain America, it has to fucking shut them down. I mean, and I say tried. this as someone who's very sympathetic to Emma and Scott. Well, one thing, I like Emma and Scott, but like, and I love Magneto, I just do. But like, if you're Captain America, you have to freaking get them. Yes. <laughs> After they broke out, Jesus Christ! I don't know how Marvel's gonna get themselves out of that corner there. I don't know how they're gonna be able to 
make things normal, quote-unquote, ever again. That I'm still trying to figure out. Um, the the story has made sense if you read Uncanny X-Men. Who's and writing been, that now? Uh, Bendis, I think. Uh-huh. It makes sense. Like, there's... The t- like the time Cyclops and them have been confronted, they've gotten away in ways that make sense. Because they also have magic, you can just like scoop them up and head out. Huh. Well, I don't know. I-, I I just don't really know how they're going to dig themselves out of this. Yeah, that I uh, I don't know. It'll be and now it sounds like they're gonna have and now it sounds like they're gonna have Wolverine going bad or whatever. Yep. Yep. Is that what we need? No, I don't understand. What's happening with the X Men? What <laughs> What is going on? I, you know, I was the person who at first was really not into the whole bringing the X-Men from the past thing. I, I'm okay with it now. I'm, I don't know if it's what the story I would have requested them do, but I, I, I get it. It's, it's interesting. It's not just gimmicky. I mean, it's gimmicky, but it's also interesting. But I don't see where the X-Books are going at this point. I really don't. Uh, I'm pretty with you. Like I, It'll be interesting to see where it goes, but I don't know how they correct things. Yeah. 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 Uh, anything else on Wolverine and the X Men, or do you have anything else on Wolverine and the X Men? I mean, it's it's like it's okay. The, the series has always been pretty solid and continues to be. I haven't seen Brew do anything for episodes and episodes. Uh, he is back in the latest issue, which came out, I think, last week. Oh. If you have not, uh, if you haven't read the latest issue, we should discuss that after you read it. Okay, we'll do. I thought I was upstate somewhere. I'm officially calling off my um, Fearless Defenders habit. Well, there's only like two more issues left. Oh, really? Yeah. No. I mean, like we both said, the the book was never as good as its covers. And its its purpose was to get Marvel to do more stuff with women in it. And now that they have more stuff with women in it coming out, I don't really need to just buy them anymore. I'm looking forward to reading Elektra, looking forward to reading Silver Surfer with a female co-star. Ooh, I was chatting with Alred about how excited I am about the book on Twitter. And I was mourning how sad I am about the loss of SF. But he swears it'll all be ending interestingly. Um, And... uh, Electra's coming in after a series. There's going to, I don't know. There's a number of female lead, lead leads coming into Marvel right now, so I don't think that I really need to support. She-Hulk. She-Hulk. Oh yes, She-Hulk. Of course, my God, I love She-Hulk. She's one of my favorite characters. It's embarrassing, and I can't remember that every time I think about her. Um. So, you know, there's enough other stuff coming out now. You don't have to just get everything. I have to say, I'm really regretting the fact that I haven't been reading Avengers Assemble. 
Uh, I mean, I should have been reading it from day one because I love Spider-Woman and I love Kenny Su- Kelly Sudaconic, who I really, really want to get on this show. Please, please. She didn't She didn't agree to do anything when I, when I tweeted her. So, I don't know. Uh, um, we'll, we'll see what we can do about getting her. Uh, so... Sorry, I'm just so sad because I really want to have her on the show. But anyway, so I haven't been re- I have not been reading Avengers Assemble, and I clearly should have. Um, I would say you, up to this point, you probably didn't need to. It suffered from a lot of crossover. So if it was left by itself, then sure, but it wasn't. It hasn't been. Well, hopefully now that'll change. I also, because there was a t-shirt I saw on um, We Love Find that involved two of my favorite things, Spider-Woman and Toy toy Squids. So I was like, there's like an inside joke about giving toy squids to children. And it's being said by, uh, you know, Spider-Woman. That's probably a comic I should be reading. I don't know the joke. I'm gonna have to check out the t-shirt because I don't know the joke. I I'll send you a link. Okay. Um. Yeah. So I mean, anything else to discuss, or is that it? No, I think those were the big things we wanted us up this week. I mean, it really has been a big week of imageness. Yes. This is good. We haven't done it in a while. We haven't done it in a while. Yeah. Okay, so uh, that wraps up the latest episode of Graphic Policy Radio. Uh, join us next week while we're joined by our special guest, Jackie Dory, the uh, Broadway producer of the graphic novel, Miss Needle, this week at number five. I'm telling you, the Fifth Beatle is going to be the must-buy Christmas present, holiday present for everyone. It's awesome. What are we talking about? Um, so yeah, it's a day um, day 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 number five in the New York Times bestseller. So we'll have him and talking all the people. I can't believe that. And as usual, you can catch us every day at graphicpolicy.com and on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, most social networks, all at So as always, I'm 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 Ilana. And have a geeky week.